Hello and welcome to another episode of Nonprofit Vision. This is your host, Greg Nielsen. I'm the president and CEO of Nielsen Training and Consulting, where we work with nonprofit organizations all across the country to translate your vision into reality. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about what, in my view, is one of the most important topics for us as a profession of nonprofit leaders. And that's the topic of professional development. And how do we invest in ourselves as leaders? How do we invest in our team members, our staffs, our volunteers, our board members to ensure that we have the support and to ensure that we're continuing to develop the skills we need to meet the challenges, not only of today, but also tomorrow. To join us in that conversation, I am thrilled to welcome a friend of mine, Mindy Muller. Uh, Mindy is the president and CEO of Community Development Professionals. Mindy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's an honor to be with you. Thank you for the invitation to join you. I am thrilled to have you join me today. Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your background as it relates to, as it relates to working with nonprofit leaders. Absolutely. Um, well, I love the nonprofit sector, um, have dabbled in it my whole career, um, but really have come to appreciate the value that nonprofits play in work in communities. So our mission at Community Development Professionals is about creating healthy communities where everyone can thrive. And when we talk about that principle and that vision for our organization, we have to talk about nonprofits because nonprofits are critical to the health of a community. Nonprofits are where we get our basic needs met of food, clothing, and shelter. And nonprofits are also where we get a lot of our quality of life in our communities from parks and recreation to the arts. Nonprofits are at the forefront of that. And so learned early on in this journey of creating healthy communities, that many of the smaller nonprofits particularly struggle with keeping their doors open. They don't know how to keep the business part going. And so it feeds right into your topic for the day of really making sure that we are developing good leaders and we're developing strong nonprofits so that nonprofits can stay in the community doing their thing for a long time. So I started my career in the nonprofit sector, working in mental health and housing, and then worked for local government for a season and just saw these common threads of nonprofits are so important and they need to stay around. And so when I started CDP 19 years ago, it was really with this concept of nonprofits have to be a priority. We work in some other areas as well, but from the very beginning have really focused on helping nonprofits stay in business. So I have um, a lot of experience and passion around that. And I also have a master's in nonprofit administration that has kind of helped kind of round out that own education for myself to make sure we're on point and that what we say and what we are teaching and coaching nonprofits around is consistent with keeping them sustainable for the long haul. Mindy, this one of the reasons I asked you to join me for the podcast is, in my view, we have a problem as a profession of nonprofit leaders right now. And it is the serious, significant, systemic, long-term disinvestment in the professional development of our nonprofit leaders and staff members. I saw it as a nonprofit executive myself. I'm sure you've seen it throughout your career. I've worked in the for-profit sector. I've worked in the nonprofit sector. And the differences in level of investment in 
development and coaching and support in the nonprofit space is really problematic. And I, I think it's an issue that needs to be um, that needs to be addressed and talked about. What are your thoughts on that? I totally agree with you. I think they're one of the, the positives. I'll start with that. One of the positives that we've seen uh, that I've seen over the last couple of decades is there are a lot more educational institutions that are recognizing we need to arm our nonprofit professionals with really strong, solid foundation in the educational realm. So we've seen many master level programs pop up with all around organizational leadership or nonprofit administration. And there have even been some universities that have created bachelor level um, education for nonprofit leaders. So I think that has really shifted and there's been a real trend toward offering strong educational um, foundations for nonprofit leaders. In addition to that, I think we see other types of coaching and training and um, less scholarly, maybe more practical application of opportunities to train our leaders. But I think many times in the nonprofit sector, from my experience and my observations, is many times nonprofit leaders are coming out of not an intentional path of, I want to lead a nonprofit, but coming from the field. So you have social workers or you have artists or you have people that get their foot wet in the nonprofit industry working their way up the ladder. And so by the time they're in leadership, they don't really know about the business side of things. And so I think we are often seeing leaders that have to come in on the mid-career path and they're not really interested in going back to school per se, but they are interested in learning how to do the business of nonprofits better. And so that's where I feel like we are able to plug in some some holes in that and recognize it's not about starting over from scratch with people, but taking the experience that they have and making sure we're rounding that out with some good practical information about how to arm them to do the job of leading the nonprofit, not just from a programmatic perspective, because many times they have that. It's the other side of the business side of nonprofits that we really want to want to make sure that they are armed with that information. I love the way you framed that um, because it it speaks to the need to to customize our approach for different leaders, and not everyone learns the same way. You know, someone may benefit from attending conferences. Another person may need more one-on-one coaching support. Someone else may need more kind of training information, while another leader may need more peer support and may learn more experientially. So I think it's important when we talk about professional development to broaden our horizons. We're not just talking about, okay, we need to send more nonprofit leaders back to school, or we need to send more of our staff members to conferences. That may be a component of it, but really when we're talking about professional development, particularly in this conversation, we're talking about meeting leaders where they are and giving them the support that they need to thrive. Along that path, there's a there's a term that I hear used more often called asynchronous learning opportunities. For those who may not, and I can't define it, so for those who may not be as familiar with that term, what, is that, what does that term mean and what does that refer to? Yeah, it, it's an educationally kind of term, an academic term. That's kind of where it came out of. 
And what it means is on demand. So asynchronous means we're not all in the same room hearing the same information with an instructor, whether that's virtually would be one option for that, but also going to a conference and sitting through a workshop or going to a class and attending that all in one space. Synchronous means at the same time. And so we're all learning that at the same time in the same space where asynchronous means it's on demand. It's as you want to learn it at that insomnia hour at two in the morning, you can turn on and learn something. Um, and so it's more of that on-demand feel. And one of the areas that we've seen grow and where we've tried to respond as an organization is providing those on-demand opportunities. Um, so I think that that is really where I see it trending. I think more and more we're trying to meet people where they are, make a lot of different options available across the industry so that there is that on-demand feel. We can do it from the comfort of our, our own homes. It's no longer just go to this class or attend this conference session. Certainly there's still a place for those things, but creating additional opportunities for people to get armed with the information that they need to be successful. And, and it sounds like, um, you know, in some ways, maybe COVID played a role in pushing that door open a little bit more or opening our minds to different ways of learning and different ways of providing that support for our peers, our coworkers, our staff members. Um, have you seen an increase over the last two to three years in offerings available for nonprofit leaders and also nonprofits taking advantage of this. Absolutely. And I think we're just going to continue to see that trend. One of the things that's become, we've talked about internally here is we even have, you know, like years ago, we developed the verb Googling, right? We all yes. know how to Google things. And now we know how to Zoom. Well, whether we're using the Zoom platform or another platform, it's become such a part of our vocabulary. And I think what I saw with COVID is, is our market of nonprofits are those small up to a million dollars is really our niche market. And what we've seen is people who weren't super techie before or real comfortable with a virtual environment, COVID forced them to become comfortable. It's, it's a new norm for how we are doing meetings and how we're doing business and certainly how we're even able to learn. And so I think it COVID absolutely exploded the comfort level of people who may not have been dabbling in that as much, but were forced to. And so I think that has open opportunities for those organizations that provide training to be able to do that in a way that is reaching that audience that maybe three or four years ago would have been more challenging to reach. There just wasn't the comfort level that there is now. I also like the, you know, when, when you think about that, it opens up the opportunity to provide development and support for leaders who may not learn in, you know, the large environment. I remember when I was, when I was first, uh, first took over as a nonprofit CEO, I attended a large national conference and even the breakout sessions had three, 400 attendees in them. And you're in a big ballroom and I'm, you know, sitting in the back and trying to read the PowerPoint on the screen. And it was fabulous information. And the speaker was engaging and extremely talented. But that's just not how I tend to learn best. I tend to be a more interactive person. I would much rather be in a, maybe it's the introvert in me, I would much rather be in a room with six to eight people bouncing ideas and discussion off of one another rather than in a large ballroom. But there are some people who do prefer that 
that experience. Mm-hmm. What I like about the asynchronous learning growth and the, the growth of those on-demand options is it opens up another door for people who may want to do both, do one or the other, um, or be able to explore at their own pace. That's right. I think all of those things that you're saying um, are, are right on. The other thing I think another opportunity asynchronous offers and something that we've tried to make sure and do with our own offerings is sometimes people need to hear it more than one time. So when you're in a Great live point. session, it you have to capture everything. I'm a note taker. So I'm you know, furiously taking notes when I'm hearing something live. Whereas if I can go back and listen to things or I can pause um, or I can hear it again, it just furthers that making sure I have the content. And so I think that's one of the side benefits that may not be why asynchronous learning became a thing, but I think it's an additional advantage to being able to hear something more than once. Another thing that um, that I don't know um, if this is getting a little too far off topic, but one of the other advantages that I think can happen with asynchronous is when we're trying to build organizational capacity and not just you as an individual, but really trying to build a capacity among our organizational team members and staff is if we can all hear the same thing at our own pace, and then we can come together and kind of talk about how we apply this in our organization, then that just increases the institutional knowledge. If we're trying to develop a certain skill or um, advance our nonprofit in a certain way, we're all hearing the same information. And sometimes that can be an advantage of, of having this asynchronous learning as well. Absolutely fantastic point. I think it also takes into account the reality of our current, you know, work and professional and personal Mm -hmm. lives. I, you know, we may have staff members who have long drives ahead of them and would love to listen to a, a class on demand in the car as they're driving, just audio and learn that way, and then be able to come together as a staff or be able to come together as a board and talk through what were the key learning points for you? How do we make it applicable for our day-to-day experience in our organization? That's right. I like uh, how so many of um outside of university settings and and just some practical ways that that learning is being offered, it does make it much more, how do we take this and do something with it than just this ethereal experience of having gained more information. So I think even some of the way that I see some professional development trending is much more practical and really pushing towards the application of that, which from our perspective, when we're trying to create nonprofits that are sustainable is so important and so key. It's great to have good information. I'm a learner. I love to read and learn new things. But what makes a difference in the nonprofit sector is when those learned things can be applied. And so I like the fact that so many offerings now, and and it's something that we intentionally try to make sure is in all of our stuff, is that it's really able to be applied. So we've sat here, we've listened, we've learned some things, but how do we take that and make application and grow our nonprofits and strengthen them? And individually as well, how am I... a stronger leader for having attended this is such an important element when we talk about trying to develop ourselves professionally. Mindy, let's tackle, um, if you will, the the elephant in the room when we talk about professional development for nonprofit leaders. And I bring this up all the time. Um, 
And what we'll hear, particularly during strategic planning sessions or things like that, is we just don't have the budget. You know, mm-hmm. we, we don't have the. We would love to be able to develop our staffs or be able to send people to conferences, but we just don't have the budget. When you look at the menu of different offerings that are available right now, in person, asynchronous. Um, how do you talk to nonprofit leaders or how do you help people think through the investment that they're making at that time? Are there lower cost options or how do you address kind of the, the fee, the fee fears that are, that are normal and rational for all of us? Well, I think number one, it has to be part of the budget. So it has to be prioritized. It can't be an afterthought. And sometimes when we're doing the strategic planning, it's like, oh, we need to add in professional development. We don't have any money for that. And so it kind of gets pushed to the side. It has to become a priority for the organization. There are so many benefits and lots of data available that suggest stronger nonprofits, get organized, get funded is one of our taglines. We have to work that into the priority for the organization. So it can't be an afterthought. It's got to be worked into the budget. So we do have to be reasonable about what that budget amount is. No one has an extra hundred grand laying around to go get everyone credentialed, but we do have to make it a priority and then set a reasonable amount and know exactly what we're hoping to get from that. We can't be trained in everything every year, but what are the things that we're lacking when you do the SWOT analysis? What are those weaknesses? Or what are those opportunities or things we need to be aware of in terms of threats that we need to address and then prioritize our professional development around meeting those objectives, putting into the budget. These are things we really need to focus on over the next year or next two years. And then there are lots of options. I mean, our one of our intentional things with our sessions is they have to be affordable for those small nonprofits. So $69 will get you a 90-minute session. If you can't afford that, then there are other issues we need to talk about at the nonprofit. I mean, that's it. So some of those trainings are super reasonable. And you, of course, want to pay attention to the quality of those trainings. Um, free isn't always free. It doesn't always get you some great quality information. You may have just, you know, spent that 90 minutes and it's not going to be a great return. So you want to vet who you're getting that education from and make sure that it's a quality education that you're going to be spending that 90 or 60, 90, whatever time frame on, but really prioritizing what you want to learn and finding those opportunities that can be very cost-effective. I mean, one of the things from a business owner perspective is we can do trainings very reasonably because it's already done. I don't have to spend my time coming out and training you in person. Much more expensive to do that than it is to take something that's already been developed and learn that. So as you find professionals that are in the field that have the experience that offer these online on-demand options, those can be very cost-effective and reasonable while still getting a great quality product as well. Mindy, I want to thank you for taking the time to join us today. Professional development is uh, it, its one of the topics I can get up on my soapbox uh, and talk about all, all day long because I know how important it is. But on the other hand, I also know how challenging it can be for nonprofit leaders to think about, to think through globally, how do I want to help develop my team? 
And so I, I think you've provided some outstanding information for us today. For folks who want to get in touch with you directly or learn more about the programs and services uh, that you offer, how can folks reach you? Um, we're very accessible. Our, our website is CDP, Community Development Professionals, cdp.training. Or you are welcome to reach out to me, um, connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, and our number is 513-858-1738. Happy to take a phone call or email, um, whatever way folks want to get in contact. Happy to talk with them. Mindy, thank you for taking the time to join us today. For those listening to the podcast, um, I hope you're enjoying these conversations as much as I am because the guests that we've had have just been outstanding. Um, so if you're enjoying the podcast, highly encourage you to share it with your friends, your colleagues, your coworkers, as we continue to build this nonprofit community. Uh, encourage you to interact with us at Nielsen Training and Consulting. You can find us online at www.nielsenconsults.com. I'm also accessible on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. And if you're really enjoying the podcast, encourage you to leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. Till next time, I encourage everyone to stay safe, stay well, and thank you for all that you do.